Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. In 2008, a person or group of people using the pseudonym Satoshi Nakamoto proposed a decentralized peer-to-peer system for making and processing payments. A key challenge in digital payments is to prevent the same assets from being spent twice. The Bitcoin white paper proposed a novel method for validating transactions using cryptography that addressed the so-called double spend problem. That was Secretary Janet Yellen, Secretary of the Treasury. Yes, sirree. And while in that speech that this clip just came from, uh, it wasn't a glowing endorsement of Bitcoin. Uh, there are some some issues in that speech that, you know, uh, they, they don't get it yet. But what I find interesting is that she nailed the basic issues right to the wall. I think Janet really understands what the hell's going on, or or at least the staff that prepared the speech did their homework. Somebody somewhere did their freaking homework about what Bitcoin is, what problems it solves, and how. So I get the feeling that we have kind of, we've kind of crossed the Rubicon here, ladies and gentlemen. And honestly, I'd like to be able to tell you that I know without a, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that we have now firmly exited the then they fight you stage because I, I don't think that that's actually true, but we may be at peak, we may be at peak fight with China and Russia rushing to gold. And if the United States doesn't have the kind of gold reserves that they say they have, and I, I, I don't think that we do, um, then the next best step is to go with the monetary policy that Bitcoin provides. We, we, have, we have it, ladies and gentlemen. We have the technology. We can rebuild our world. We really can. And I think Janet is getting that. I think that they might actually be turning on the pressure release valve here because there's no way they're, there's no way they're fixing this in the legacy financial system. There's no way it is not going to happen. They, I mean, it's not just about, you know, inflation and signals in the markets that are flashing a, a, a coming recession. And it is, this has a, there's a lot more to this. There is a lot of baggage that we keep, we have, kept on collecting through all these decades. And now when these signals flash, it's not like it was flashing in the seventies. We didn't have the kind of debt we had in the seventies. We didn't have, uh, we didn't have the kind of derivatives markets that we have 
right now, back in the 70s. We don't have we didn't have a whole shit ton of this stuff. But now we do. So when these signals flash now, it's different. It just is. And I have a sneaky suspicion that uh, Secretary Yellen is probably going to start softening her stance, but I wouldn't expect to, it to happen, you know, I don't know. She may say something cool about Bitcoin later on this year, maybe once, maybe twice, but I'm not expecting anything until a couple of years from now. At least I'm looking for, you know, after this next halving for you people in the United States government and the financial part of the fi- United States government to start really going, you know what, we've got, we've got a way out. We really do. And they're going to need something to combat Russia and China, especially if they hook up forces uh, economically for the long term. Now, you're a psychopath. You are. If you're listening to this show, chances are good. You might have a little bit of Bitcoin and you might actually like the technology. You might actually think it's a something that will free us from I don't know, from really, really insane and and evil people. But the New York Post, eh, they got a different idea about who you are and what you want. And let's get into it. Mr. Harry Pettit, writing for The Sun, is apparently a guest columnist for New York Post, or New York Post picked up this thing from The Sun. In either event, we get into why all the psychopath memes are flooding your Twitter timeline this morning. Bitcoin fans are psychopaths who don't care about anyone. A study shows. The average Bitcoin investor is a calculating psychopath with an inflated ego, according to scientists. Ooh, the science. Oh my God, it's the science. A team of experts recently surveyed more than 500 people to uncover the personality traits that are most common among crypto nuts. They identified that many investors exhibit signs of a dark tetrad, a group of four unsavory traits made up of narcissism, Machiavellianism, psychopathy, and sadism. (laughs) In plain English, that means dark tetrads have an inflated sense of self-importance and derive pleasure from the pain of others. They also find it difficult to empathize with others and are sly and manipulative. Scientists at Queensland's University of Technology described their findings and research published in the Journal of Personality and Individual Differences earlier this month. They asked 566 people to complete personality surveys as well as answer questions about their attitudes to crypto. Of the participants, one in four reported that they owned crypto and two-thirds showed an interest in crypto investing. All four dark tetrad traits correlated with an affinity for investing, each for their own reasons. According to the researchers, dark tetrads are partly drawn to crypto because they are prepared to take risks. I'm a risk taker. I'm a dark tetrad. I need my fucking Satanist robe. Digital assets such as Bitcoin are infamously volatile and the feast or famine nature of investing is particularly enticing to some. Study lead doctor, uh, study, uh, sorry, study lead author, Dr. D. Wang wrote in the conversation, dark tetrad traits are dark because they're evil qualities, extreme selfishness and taking advantage of others without empathy. 
The dark tetrad are also often related to risk-taking behaviors, end quote. The link between the traits and an affinity for Bitcoin is also driven by the fact that the currency does not have a central authority, meaning it is separate from banks and governments. Machiavellians, who are good at deception and take a calculated approach to achieving goals, like crypto primarily because they distrust politicians and government agencies, Dr. Wang said. He added, quote, many crypto supporters believe governments are corrupt and crypto avoids government corruption. Narcissists, on the other hand, are drawn to the technology because they tend to focus on the positive side of life. The researchers found that narcissists like crypto because of their great faith in the future and confidence that their own lives will improve. Lastly, impulsive psychopaths and sadists like crypto because they are thrill seekers who fear missing out on the rewards of investing. Quote, to them, perhaps both the pleasure from seeing another's pain and the fear of missing out are related to selfishness, Dr. Wang wrote. If you're a crypto fan yourself, don't fear. Investing doesn't suddenly make you evil. Quote, we studied only a subset of people interested in crypto who do have these traits, Dr. Wang said. If you happen to be a Bitcoin or other crypto holder, you may not exhibit them. That's the end of the article. Ladies and gentlemen, let's pause, shall we? Shall we? I want to read this one sentence. We studied only a subset of people interested in crypto who do have these traits. What does that sentence tell you? That sentence demonstrates that the entire study was a biased study and the lead author is admitting the bias. Any self-respecting scientific journal would not publish this because of that statement. It's a biased study. They studied people who have an interest in crypto that have the dark tetrad personality type. And the dark tetrad as a word is just, it's just propaganda. This is a propaganda piece by the New York Post and the Sun, because I'm pretty sure it was published in the Sun as well. Um, none of this shit is actually true. However, like all good Bitcoiners do, we shall take the psychopathy and the dark tetrads, and we shall meme them into fame and fortune. This is what Bitcoiners are best at. Well, the plebs anyway. Figure out a way to meme dark tetrad, psychopathy, psychopath, put it in your name. I don't know, whatever it is you wanna do, but make damn sure that psychopath starts to trend in social media. Create t-shirts. By the way, Samson, Samson Mo, I want a hat that says psychopath. That's and I, I don't want the Bitcoin emblem on it. I just want one that says psychopath, but in the Bitcoin orange color. Uh, if you Samson, if you need help on getting that um, that hexadecimal color, I, uh, hit me up. I'll I'll help you out. But honestly, really, a psychopath, really. I don't think so. I think what this really means is that they've just damn near run out of ammunition. The ESG narrative has fallen on its ass. The Bitcoin uses too much energy is basically rebutted at every single turn. They got nothing left. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying about Janet Yellen. Is it possible that we might be at peak 
they fight you? Well, I don't know. Surely the they fight you stage is not over yet, but I do wonder if we might be at peak they fight you stage. Okay, insider trading down there at Coinbase. Ethereum trader bought $400,000 in tokens on Coinbase's shortlist before the shortlist was made public by Coinbase, which means that that document was internal in Coinbase and somebody got a hold of it. And chances of somebody outside of Coinbase getting a hold of it are slim to none. Okay, let's figure this shit out. Stacy Elliott, Decrypt.co. Just hours after Coinbase published a blog post that revealed the latest tokens being considered for listing on its, its exchange, crypto Twitter mainstay Kobe flagged an Ethereum wallet that purchased more than 400K worth of tokens on that list. The problem is that the user who controls the wallet, the trading activity of which is publicly viewable on the Ethereum blockchain, wrapped up their token shopping spree three minutes before the list was public knowledge. The trader appears to have focused solely on tokens under consideration for listing on Coinbase, suggesting advanced knowledge of the list before it was published. The tokens purchased by the wallet are now worth more than 572000 amounting to a 42% return on investment in less than 24 hours. On Tuesday afternoon, Coinbase had yet to acknowledge the unusual and potentially unethical trading on either of its Twitter accounts. It also had not yet responded to a request for comment from Decrypt. The Coinbase Medium blog post announcing the new token listings went live Monday, April the 11th at 9.05 p.m. Eastern Time. On Tuesday morning, just before 10 a.m. Eastern, Jordan Fish a former product manager who goes by the pseudonym Kobe on Twitter and in the broader crypto community flagged an Ethereum wallet that bought six of the tokens mentioned in Coinbase's blog post right before it went public. So here's what Kobe actually said, and he's got a couple of screenshots of the wallet. Found an ETH address that bought hundreds of thousands of dollars of tokens exclusively featured in the Coinbase asset listing post about 24 hours before it was published. Roll on floor laughing. Quote, found an ETH address. Oh, sorry. Uh, he, sorry. He wrote, uh, including a screenshot that showed big purchases of indexed uh, NDX Chromatica, which is K-R-O-M, DAP Radar or Radar Rack, which is Rack, DFX token, uh, uh, ticker is DFX, and paper, which is the ticker is paper. Over 11 hours, the wallet spent $88,942 buying Chrom, $80,000 on Deck, $72,000 on Radar, $70,000 on Rack, $64,000 on NDX, and $27,309 on paper. Just being considered for listing on Coinbase's cryptocurrency exchange is enough to make a token's price jump as much as 60%, if only for a little while. Since the Coinbase blog post went live last night, each of the, those tokens have increased dramatically in price. On Tuesday afternoon, Chromatica was up 40%, DFX 42%, DAP Radar up 53%, Rack was up 22%, and Index was up 43%, Paper up the most at 63%. It bears repeating that the tokens haven't yet been made available on Coinbase's exchange and might not be. Right now, they're just being considered for listing. The blog post goes on to warn that users attempting to add the tokens to their Coinbase account before an official listing could experience a permanent loss of funds. The similarity to the OpenSea unethical trading scandal was not lost upon one Twitter user. They joked that Coinbase 
had hired Nate Chastain, the NFT marketplace's former head of product who resigned after allegations he used insider knowledge to front run NFTs before their listing went public. In September, OpenSea confirmed an employee had used burner wallets and insider information to flip NFTs before they became featured collections on OpenSea. Within two days, Nate Chastain left the company and OpenSea announced it had hired a third party to help review and recommend changes to its employee policies. So Kobe uncovers, you know, that this is a pretty big deal. Because, I mean, Coinbase would have to, like, they would have to have been hacked for an outsider of the company to find that information. It had to be an insider. This is an inside job, therefore, technically, it's insider trading. So the question becomes, who owns the wallet? And I, I honestly don't give a shit. It, this is just more bad acting on Coinbase's part from top to bottom. They shouldn't be listing these bullshit tokens. We've got, as Peter Schiff pointed out yesterday or the day before, there's 18,800 bullshit tokens. They're all garbage. Buy Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin. Bitcoin Magazine, oh my God, it's a 404 error. You can't find the page. Oh, for fuck's sake, hold on. Well, shit. Just like the pigeon on Joe Biden's jacket. No, they're not. It's a 404 error on this uh, particular story from CoinDesk, or uh, sorry, Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, didn't mean to insult you that way. Uh, on Bitcoin Magazine. And the, the, the byline or the uh, uh, headline is ZBD and FUMB Gaming partner for online Bitcoin mining simulation game. Okay, so I can't tell you any more about it. And if they've pulled the article because ZBD said, no, wait, this not, that announcement is not supposed to go out yet, then my sincerest apologies for letting the cat out of the bag. But dude, it would be cool to have a game, a video game, that simulates Bitcoin mining, which is what this is or was before they deleted the, the post. Um, and think of it like this. Anybody that's out there that's ever played any simulation games like SimCity, SimLife, SimFarm, before they, those are real, SimLife and SimFarm are really old. You don't see those anymore. The only simulation game that's come, that's uh, stayed around from that old, older franchise is uh, SimCity. But if you've played that, you kind of get a sense of what this might mean. And it, from what I read about it, it was sort of like simulating or playing a game that simulates a mining farm. Like, I don't know, I, I, and I'm assuming like, what do you do when the hash rate drops? What happens if half of your power goes out? How do you spin your, your uh, mining rigs down? That kind of thing. I think this is a really good idea. I'm really sorry that I can't bring you this particular article, but they axed it, so maybe it wasn't supposed to be announced. And again, if it wasn't, my sincerest apologies to the guys over at FUMB and ZBD. But we will do this one. This one is for Marty Bent and his Ethereum failure Twitter thread. If you have been keeping up with that, he basically lists every single delay, every single failure, every single thing. And this one should be right up there at the, at the uh, well, at the bottom rather. Ethereum merge is pushed to the third quarter as final chapter of proof of work looms. Stacy Elliott brings us more from Decrypt. 
The Ethereum merge that forms a key part of the so-called Ethereum 2.0 upgrade has been delayed until the latter half of 2022. Quote, it won't be June, but likely in the few months after. Tim Biko or Biko, an Ethereum Foundation developer, said yesterday on Twitter, no firm date yet, but we're definitely in the final chapter of proof of work on Ethereum. Earlier in the Twitter thread, Biko had urged the user not to invest in any more mining equipment. <laughs> Uh, let's see, J-Rock, this is the Twitter thing. Uh, J-Rock makes this uh, tweet, says, appreciate the reply, still looking like June for the plug poll, or will the mining community have some more time? Tim Biko re responds, it says it won't be June, but likely in a few months. No firm date, but we're definitely in the final chapter of proof of work on Ethereum, so don't, you know, buy any mining equipment. Colloquially referred to as Ethereum 2.0, even if it's not what the Ethereum Foundation prefers, Ethereum's switch from a proof-of-work to proof-of-stake consensus model has been touted as a fundamental change that will lay to rest the concerns about how much energy is consumed by network validators. <clears throat> it also means that Ethereum mining will soon become obsolete. So all you guys that were raw-rawing for Ethereum and, and helping their chain, yeah, they just rug-pulled your ass. The second largest cryptocurrency has a market cap of $364 billion. It's also the backbone for many other blockchain developments like decentralized finance, scam, the metaverse, scam, more than 500,000 ERC-20 tokens, scam, the vast majority of NFTs, scam, and most recently play-to-earn gaming, GameFi, also a scam. Surges for Ethereum Merge have already surpassed the all-time high. They were at just two weeks ago. A timely development since, until yesterday, the prevailing prediction was that the Ethereum merge would happen before the end of June this year. But the march toward the Ethereum upgrade has, at times, felt like one step forward and two or more steps back. As far back as 2020, an Ethereum Foundation researcher doubted the merge would happen in 2020 and got pushback from Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin himself. More recently, developers began testing the impact of the Ethereum merge on a shadow fork of the mainnet. The new testing environment has re revealed bugs varying from sync code to request timeout. Ethereum DevOps engineer Parathi Jajravarna said over the weekend. So yeah, you, you, Ethereum 2.0 not coming out again. Again, this shit has been going on for years. Almost immediately after they instantiated this bullshit Ethereum chain in, so was it 2015? Almost immediately they announced that it was going to go through to proof of stake. And here we are, seven years later. Here we are. And they're still pushing it back. And people are just, it's going to wipe Bitcoin out. Bitcoin uses too much electricity. Bitcoin works. It always works. It always has worked. It always will work. It just works. And here we are with a bunch of ponies and rainbow shirt wearing blue haired, unnaturally dyed hair colors who prance around the stage touting the fact that they pre-mined 70 million Ethereum before they released the coin sale to the public I had a discussion with my sister about this shit yesterday. She was at a, at a my or a, a an oil and gas conference, a small one, I presume, somewhere around the Dallas Fort Worth area. And you know what they were talking about? What the oil and gas guys were talking about? 
I give you one guess. Mining Bitcoin with wasted energy. They weren't talking about mining Ethereum. However, my sister did ask what the guy, what one of these guys thought about the SEC and their potential stance on any of these things being a unregistered security. And the guy said, well, we're not worried about Bitcoin. We're also not worried about Ethereum. And he listed two other shit coins. And that's when I had to, you know, tell my sister, well, I hate to break it to you, but, and even though the SEC may not actually do anything about Ethereum because it's so late in the game, Ethereum does not pass the Howey test, or actually it does pass the Howey test, which means that it's, it's, a, it's an unregistered security. It is, I'm sorry, it just is. People don't understand this yet. And when I told her, when I told my sister about the 70 million Ethereum pre-mine, she had no idea that that had occurred. And that had, that changed her entire calculus because she's a lawyer. I mean, she's a business lawyer. She's not a criminal lawyer, right? She's merger and acquisition. She's real estate. She's like anything that has anything to do with contracts for, you know, at the corporate level, she knows what that fucking means. It means it's a security. And now when they move to, if, if, and when they move to proof of stake, now that 70 million pre-mine, that is all the control that the founders of Ethereum will ever need going into the future to be able to dictate to you how you will spend that Ethereum, what it will be used for, how it will be used, how the system will run, who gets say in what a valid transaction is, None of this shit is ethical, nor is this shit actually legal when it comes to a private, the way that governments look at a private group of people. I don't think this shit's going to fly. I don't think that they're ever going to get to proof of stake. And if they do, they're going to be in a shit ton of hot water. But be that as it may, we have this one, Argentinian town to invest in crypto mining to fight inflation and upgrade infrastructure. David Atley from Cointelegraph. Tell me more, buddy. The town of Sorrentino in Argentina's Santa Fe province could begin to mine crypto in a bid to raise money needed for its rail infrastructure upgrade. Its mayor doesn't see any risk in mining the digital currencies that can be sold immediately. As the local media reported on Sunday, the town of 6,000 people have already purchased six graphics cards and will be buying a mining rig in the near future. According to Sorrentino's mayor, Juan Pio Doveta, the initiative to mine cryptocurrencies was supported by the local community. Like many other rural towns in Argentina, Sorrentino was hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic and the resulting inflation and struggles to pay for an upgrade of its railroad infrastructure that came back in use for the first time in 33 years as of last year. The upgrade will also aim at rails expenditures connecting Sorrentino with the key cities nearby. Doravetta uh, estimated the monthly income that the town's prospective mining operation would generate would be in the region of several hundred United States dollars. The mayor didn't specify which coins would be mined in Sorrentino. In his comments regarding the possible risks of cryptos, uh, crypto assets price volatility, he emphasized that while no direct purchase of crypto is planned, mining stays a safe investment option. Quote, we're not buying cryptocurrencies and looking to make a profit on a speculative move whereby we either win or lose. What we will be doing is generating cryptocurrencies so we will always win. Oh, 
that's a bad, that's, ooh. Dravetta also underlined that the town is planning to pay taxes from its mining income. Having already done the necessary research on the matter, should it kick off its mining operation, Serendino could set a unique precedent of direct community investment in crypto mining. It is much more common to witness the institutionalized mining players purchasing power capacities in small towns like with Bitmain in the Texas town of Rockdale, or even central governments planning to construct mining cities from scratch as the famous Salvadoran project of the Bitcoin city. Okay, this is a bad move because it sounds to me like they're gonna be mining you guessed it, Ethereum. Why? Because they're graphics cards. Not that graphics cards can't be used to mine other shit coins, but I guarantee you they're going to go for the big one. <clears throat> and what's going to happen? Well, <laughs> if if and when they ever go to proof of stake, uh, that shit all goes bye-bye. So their mining rigs, will, they, they'll have to switch over to mining some other cryptocurrency. There's 18,000 cryptocurrencies out there. Let's say, let's say 10,000 of them are uh, proof of work where you can mine them with, you know, they're an ERC-20 that, you know, right now you can mine them with uh, a, a GPU, right? Uh, there, once, if Ethereum does go away, then they're just going to be jumping from shitcoin to shitcoin to shitcoin to shitcoin to shitcoin. And all those things are going to immediately die. So this is a terrible investment. If they had bought ASICs machines, and mined Bitcoin, they wouldn't have to look at these problems. Also, the fact to note here is that they are immediately going to sell every cryptocurrency they mine into that country's currency, or maybe a foreign exchange, uh, maybe a foreign currency. I don't know. They don't not really, you know, not really saying very much about it. However, this is a bad deal. This is a this is a gamble that that they're making that is just terrible. Thankfully, they're not spending that much money, but 6,000 people in a rural town in uh, Argentina, that's got to be poor as shit. So even, even the loss of, you know, a few hundred dollars could really screw these people up. I'm just saying somebody, if anybody knows anybody in that town or the mayor, please get in touch with them and tell them not to do this shit. Meanwhile, let's run the numbers. CNBC futures and commodities, West Texas Intermediate is up one and a third point to $101.91. Brent North Sea likewise up one and a half points to $106.30. Natural gas continuing its rise. We're about to hit seven bucks, y'all. 2.11% to the upside puts it at $6.82 per thousand cubic feet. Gasoline is up one and a half points to $3.20. Gold is up a quarter of a point to $1,981, almost, almost 2,000. Peter Schiff must be happy. Silver is up almost a point, $25.96. Platinum is up 0.8%. Copper is down a half. Palladium is down scant. Uh, agricultural futures are mostly down. Biggest loser today is the corn. No, actually it's coffee down 3.3%. 
Everything else is down sub 1%. So let's move on. Dow is up 0.16. S&P up a quarter. NASDAQ up almost a full point. S&P mini is up a half. And real money still struggling. Bouncing around between 39,800 and 40,500. Right now we're at $40,166. Uh, 1.7 million BTC have been sent in the last 24 hour period. That's quite a bit as of late. That's 72,215 BTC sent every hour on the hour with an average transaction value of 6.5 BTC and median transaction value holding at 0.013 BTC or 510 bucks. Block times are right around 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 4 seconds to be exact. 0.072 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis, 10.39 BTC taken overall in fees in the last 24 hours. And with a 6.61% rise in hash rate, we're at 212.74 exahashes per second. Your shitcoin indicator, 13.8 United States pennies, says the Doge. 16,736 transactions are waiting on eight blocks to clear. We have a $771.3 billion market cap, which is 5.93% of gold's entire market cap. Now we can purchase 20.6 ounces of shiny metal rocks with the R1 Bitcoin, of which there are 19,010,410.93 and 3,616 of those are in the Lightning Network, valued at $146.7 million, being run over 19,782 nodes, sporting 85,019 payment channels that we can see, and 73.5% of all of it's being run over Tor nodes, uh, and uh, that would be, uh, what, 11,798 nodes that we can see. That's gonna do it for Vitals. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. I have found the ZBD gaming or mining game simulator announcement thing. Yeah, I had to go and look for it during break here. ZBD and FUMB, F-U-M-B, gaming partner for online Bitcoin mining simulator, according to Bitcoin Magazine. By the way, before I read this, this story has been pulled off of like four other news outlets. So Take everything you're about to hear with a grain of salt. But it is interesting that I had to actually go to Guadalupe County News Online for this one. Guadalupe County News Online. I wonder if that's Guadalupe County down here in Texas. I don't care. Let's get on with it. Uh, Bitcoin Miner, an idle Bitcoin mining simulator that pays an actual Bitcoin, is officially available on the Google Play Store and the App Store. ZBD, a fintech company focused toward Bitcoin-only online gaming and FUMB gaming, a UK-based mobile gaming studio, announced the partnership in a joint press release sent to Bitcoin Magazine. ZBD was able to change the game for Bitcoin Miner by enabling an in-game Bitcoin ecosystem that refreshes the Bitcoin gaming scene. Quote, we originally released Bitcoin Miner about four years ago, when crypto started taking off, but there was no real appetite for the game as it wasn't possible to enable players to earn actual Bitcoin with it at the time, says Paul West, founder of Fum Games. With ZBD, we were able to put real Bitcoin into the game, which makes 
the premise of Bitcoin Miner much more fun, impactful, and noteworthy for players. As the world is forced to take heed when someone mentions Bitcoin due to its rising price, nation-state adoption, and use cases of being a sovereign currency during times of conflict, most people are becoming aware of Bitcoin as it relates to currency. Quote, Bitcoin is an amazing technology for human progress. We mostly use it for its utility benefits, like the ability to transfer a fraction of a cent or millions to anyone in the world instantly and at zero cost using the Lightning Network, says Simon Cowell, CEO at ZBD. But what of the technological side of Bitcoin and how it actually works? Does it really use energy equivalent to that of a small nation? The misconceptions of Bitcoin mining are cast about like candy to children when it comes to energy consumption. Many view mining as this mysterious action accomplished in the dark places of the world where countries are left without an energy grid due to all those greedy miners and the fucking dark tetrads, by the way. This game seeks to educate the masses on this accessible way to participate in the Bitcoin ecosystem while dispelling many of its common fallacies. Cal continued to explain they are also passionate for the technology of Bitcoin itself and hope that fun and easily approachable games like the Bitcoin miner game will foster curiosity about Bitcoin and get more people of all ages and backgrounds learning about it and participating in the new digital economy powered by Bitcoin. Users can also find the game in ZBD's gaming app as well as Android and iOS app stores. So there you go. I finally found it. Guadalupe County Times or whatever. Thank you for uh, not deleting the, the damn thing. So the, now the question becomes, why the hell is this story deleted over all these different media outlets? What's going on? If anybody knows what the hell's going on, Simon, if you're listening, dude, hit me up, bro. Tell me what the hell is going on with this shit. Now, off to Africa. As I've said it before, I shall say it again. I don't care about the West and its adoption of Bitcoin. What I care about is Central America, South America, Africa, the Baltics, the Balkans, a lot of uh, Eastern Europe, and various smaller countries in the world. Those are the people that have every reason to be brave. Those are the people that have every single reason to move Bitcoin forward. The West do not have the problems that the aforementioned countries and continents have. Let's find out more about Nigeria from Sean Amick and Bitcoin Magazine. Over a third of Nigerians are invested in Bitcoin and crypto, according to a report. <clears throat> KuCoin, a leading cryptocurrency exchange, recently released a report titled Into the Cryptoverse where they discuss the penetration of Bitcoin, <laughs> penetration, <laughs> you said penetrate, of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies into populations of varying countries. Most notable among them is Nigeria. 35% or 33.4 million people of its adults aged 18 to 60 owned or traded Bitcoin or some form of cryptocurrency within the last three, uh, no, no, six months. The staggering amount of 35% of adults becomes even more bewildering when one recognizes that as of January, 2022, only 51% of the entire population of Nigeria has access to the internet, according to the report. Of that 51% of the population, 86% of Nigerian internet users are familiar with cryptocurrency as an investment vehicle. The report also states that according to Google Trends, Nigeria hosted the highest number of searches for Bitcoin in early 2021. A survey conducted of the 
penetrated 35% shows that 70% of those users intend to increase their holdings within a short period of time. Another 6% of the population not currently invested were surveyed and said they are interested in investing within the next six months. Over the course of six years, Nigeria's currency, the Naira, has depreciated 209%, according to the report. The adoption rate of Bitcoin is far more substantial in populations that have a need for Bitcoin rather than just a want for Bitcoin. The falling Naira led to earlier adoption than most, as 37% of those currently involved in Bitcoin have been invested or trading in the asset for more than three years, with another 27% having just started within the past six months. A need to opt out of the existing structure is being driven by the youthful population of Nigeria as its median age sits at 18.4 years old. Let's say that again. The median age of Nigeria is 18.4 years old. That is an amazing statistic. Anyway. This drives the statistic, the st- statistic in which 52% of Nigerians invested in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are under the age of 30 years old. One interesting statistic KuCoin uncovered in a survey of those currently invested in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies showed 50% gender parity. Oh, the gender. Nigeria seems to be proving that when economics, when economic need, youth of a population and in, innovation collide, gender plays absolutely no role in the adoption of an emergent monetary system. Yeah, no shit. Low time preference seems molded with entrepreneurial spirit in Nigeria with 62% of investors believing this emerging system is the future of finance and 50% of investors saying they are in it for the long run. 40% of investors look to use their gains to start a business. 36% are looking for another revenue stream and 26% seek to rely on their investment as primary income. The portfolio diversification or lack of diversification in some cases is a fascinating statistic among Nigerian investors. On average, these people allocate 60% to cryptocurrency, 20% to cash or bank deposits, and 7% to foreign currencies with additional financial instruments closing the gap, which means that over 52% of investors were allocating over half of their portfolio to cryptocurrencies, according to the report. A little over one-fifth of these investors, 22%, store over 90% of their assets in Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. This minority group tends to be slightly older and less familiar with other financial products, with a focus on money transfers and transactions rather than trading. So in conclusion, as of February 2022, 65% of these investors utilize peer-to-peer trading to deposit fiat for cryptocurrencies after the Central Bank of Nigeria barred banks from enabling crypto transactions in February of 2021, according to another survey conducted by KuCoin cited in the report. Further KuCoin data shows that 1,386.7% increase in monthly transactions across African countries from January 2021 to January 2022. During the same time period, active users also increased by 2,500%. Countries like Nigeria showcase the need of a new monetary system that allows cross-border payments with minimal fees and global access in its most reliable form. The central authorities of Nigeria have failed 
to properly care for its citizenry and its youthful population has taken it upon themselves to enforce needed change. While Bitcoin certainly serves as a store of value for many and more developed places of the world, the humanitarian and altruistic use cases of Bitcoin are what truly make it inevitable. So the, the, the children, the freaking children of Nigeria have more guts than most adults, full-blown adults. I'm talking 35, 45, 55 years old have in the West. We're, we need government regulation before we can invest. Oh, fuck you. Just buy the goddamn corn and stop your belly aching. At one point or another, we're going to have to say something to our own governments, whether it's Can Canada, the United States, Mexico, the UK, Belgium. I, you know, at one point or another, the citizenry is going to have to stand up and say, no more, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm not breaking into my neighbor's house. I'm not stealing their shit. I'm not selling drugs to children. And I'm not fucking Disneyland where I'm selling kids to adults for sex. Sorry I had to say it, but that's what's going on. We are all run, all these countries are run by the scummiest, darkest tetrad motherfuckers you've ever known. And if you still trust any of these people, I can't help you. They don't like you. They hate you and they have the power to destroy you until you get wise and start doing civil disobedience. I will never, ever register my Bitcoin node on any list ever. I will, in fact, run more nodes that they will never be registered as well. I will never run code for Bitcoin that was forked from the Bitcoin network and then revamped to jack with its consensus rules. I will teach my children what the consensus rules are and that it is important for them to remain the same, that they can never allow it to be changed. This is our moment as the population of the world to be able to stand up and tell the people that are truly evil, the people that are truly criminal, the people that have demonstrated time and time again their hatred for you yours and your possessions. They hate your families. They hate everything about you being able to provide food for yourselves. Hell, growing a garden is one of the, one of the greatest acts of insurrection you will ever do. If you can, if you'd figure out a way to have 100% of the food you eat and your family eats generated off of the land that your hands and your hands only till, and well, actually don't till, but control, that is an act of insurrection beyond anything you will ever be able to do. Because at that point, nobody can control you. Yes, they can. Yeah, okay, I get it. Dude, come take your land. At one point or another, shots are going to be fired. And it will happen when people come in uniforms to take your land from you. When they start doing that in mass, and I don't know if they will or not, but it's happened before, generally speaking, yeah, yeah, revolutions have a tendency to happen right at that time. And generally speaking, firearms are involved, which is probably why Biden wants to kill ghost guns. And guess what? He's never going to be able to kill ghost guns. 
Do you have filament? Do you have a 3D printer? Do you have access to the fucking gun files? You do? Well, then Biden ain't got shit to say about it. Civil disobedience. Will you run a node and never register it? Civil disobedience. Will you continue to buy, hold, and develop a circular economy with Bitcoin? Civil disobedience. Will you stand up and mock every single politician and journalist and anybody who parrots the status quo? Civil disobedience. Insurrection. They say that January 6th was an insurrection at the Capitol building. Bullshit. That was a bunch of fucking sightseers. And nothing more. The real insurrection happens in your backyard when you've got chickens. The real insurrection happens when you just don't give a fuck anymore. Stop defending these people. Do not allow them to use you as their mouthpiece any longer. Stop it. Stop it. You've got to stop it. Stable coins are the perfect Trojan horse for Bitcoin, says Tether CTO. whoop de do Tom Farron breaking me out of a rant for Cointelegraph as one of a number of Cointelegraph representatives attending the Paris Blockchain Week Summit that nobody really gives a shit about at the historic Palais Bonnard a neoclassical building previously serving as the headquarters for the Parisian Stock Exchange from 1826 to 1987. European news reporter Joe Hall sat down with an in, to an in-depth interview with the chief technology officer of Bitfinex and Tether, Paolo Arduino. Previously ranked 88th in Cointelegraph's prestigious Top 100 2021 for his influential impact on the growth of the decentralized finance ecosystem, Arduino spoke on an array of topics including the adoption of Bitcoin and Tether as legal tender in the Swiss city of Lugano, the scalability concerns of popular blockchain networks, as well as the potential for new countries to accept Bitcoin in the future. In early March, the Swiss city of Lugano, which is also a major financial hub in Switzerland, formed a collaborative partnership with stablecoin operator Tether to launch a 3 million Swiss franc initiative designed to encourage the adoption of blockchain technologies and the use of digital assets. Uh, utilizing Bitcoin, Tether USDT, and the native citizen loyalty token LVGA points, the asset can be transacted by locals in activities such as taxation and purchasing of public goods and services. In addition, the project has also pledged to create educational scholarship programs within the three universities of Lugano, a blockchain summer camp, and a maximum valued 100 million Swiss franc or $107 million US pot to foster the growth of blockchain startups, quote, in just one month since the announcement, working with the city, we have set up a working group that includes tax, legal, relocation advisors, and we've been able to start onboarding 25 to 30 different companies and startups, which between the company's assets and private wealth are valued between 300 and 400 million Swiss franc, end quote. He noted that these companies relocated their operations from both within Switzerland, as well as from countries such as India and Singapore, he stated that their intention is to use these few startups as a template to pave the path for others in the future. Referencing his tweeted picture of Lugano newspaper article with the headline, I can't pronounce it because I don't speak Italian, translating to city hungry for Bitcoin, Arduino said that stablecoins are the perfect Trojan horse for Bitcoin in that they can serve as the initial mechanism for adoption before exploration into more complex regulatory stringent cryptocurrencies. 
When questioned about the possibilities of a new European countries adopting Bitcoin, Arduino said that we're looking at different other jurisdictions and that some people within the parliament are interested to talk to us as they would like to educate themselves to create a case for internal adoption. Though in saying this, he was keen to stress the importance that the vision of wide-scale Bitcoin adoption throughout Europe would not be achieved overnight, but through a bottom-up, community-first approach, such as witnessed in Lugano. So there you go. I, you know, I don't know. I guess, you know, a lot of people will, will say that Paulo is just shilling his, shilling his shit coin. I don't have any need for Tether. And honestly, I, outside of trading, I don't know why you would use it. I really don't. But it is what it is. And Paulo may be right. Maybe it is a Trojan horse for Bitcoin. Or... Maybe people that don't like Tether are also correct, like Bitfinext, who's turned into a complete asshole, by the way, but whatever. Uh, still, though, you can't just you can't just say it's all bad or it's all good. There's the the truth is somewhere in, in that gray mist in between the two. But Tether's not going away. Neither is USDC. And now we've got that lunatic buying up all the all the Bitcoin for what Luna, I guess is Luna token. I can't remember. Anyway, they're approaching the same amount of Bitcoin uh, in their on their on their balance sheet that freaking Tesla does, which is kind of scary. But it is what it is. These things are not going away. So we got to follow them, figure out what the hell's going on. Ubersmith partners with BitPay to accept Bitcoin payments. BitPay, by the way, uh, yeah, well, okay, I'm not, I'll, I'll, they'll just send me into another rant. Bitcoin Magazine's Sean Amick. Ubersmith, a leading service provider in subscription management for cloud-based platforms, announced an integration with BitPay, one of the world's leading providers of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency payment processing. Quote, with the growing popularity of cryptocurrencies, we want to provide our users with this option in addition to other currencies we support, said Kurt Daniel, CEO of Ubersmith in the announcement. As leaders in delivering a recurring and usage-based billing system, we are pleased to support cryptocurrency for our current and future customers. Ubersmith brings a host Wait, what? Ubersmith brings a hosted or self-hosted software suite to its customers and BitPay now functions as an add-on to the software that processes customizable billing, taxes, account credits, and discounts. More than 100 companies across six continents currently utilize Ubersmith for business transactions, infrastructure, and operations. This partnership with BitPay displays a deviation from its parent company's stance toward Bitcoin sector in previous years. On July the 1st, 2021, Ubersmith was acquired by Lumine Group, which is a division of Valeris Group, a subsidiary of Constellation Software Incorporated. Jesus Christ, y'all. On October the 21st, 2021, Constellation Network acquired software as a service provider Door to scale, quote, blockchain-based products. In the door acquisition announcement, Constellation said Bitcoin has scalability issues, which is why they were working with door to develop their own blockchain database that they believe is more scalable, which eventually led them to create their own shitcoin. Ubersmith seems to recognize that Bitcoin is scalable and its most recent innovation in partnering with BitPay, even though its parent company seems to feel differently. 
New York-based Ubersmith allows their customers access to one, uh, over 100 built-in software, hardware, and service integrations, while also providing an application pro programming interface, enabling a high level of customization for its clients. Services included, sorry, services included with the software contain billing, customer management, quoting, order management, device monitoring, help desk ticketing, and a customer portal. Specific to cloud-based infrastructure, Ubersmith also manages turnkey billing, bandwidth, virtualization, backup, power, support, and other services. Ubersmith customers include Digital Reality, Namecheap, and Citee. I've never heard of Citee, but I've heard of the other uh, other ones. Actually, Digital Realty. If I said Digital Reality, I'm sorry. I always start screwing up pretty bad towards the end of the show. And now here we are with Brian Neuer and Cointelegraph telling us why Firefox is basically dead. No Bitcoin. Mozilla will only accept proof of stake crypto donations. <laughs> Jeez. First of all, before we get into this, I haven't used Firefox in years because it started to suck years ago. I use Brave Browser, which yes, integrates shitcoin wallet tree. I have disabled that wallet and Brave pretty much works pretty good for me. Um, if anybody has any other suggestions for, uh, not, for browsers that are not, not involved in fuckery, please let me know and I will try them out. But right now, I pretty much settled on Brave. Even though it has a shit coin history, I don't care because it's, it works really well. It's got a great ad block. Oh, well, whatever. But Mozilla hasn't been functional for me for years. It sucks. It is a crappy, crappy web browser. And they've just taken the gun out of the holster and shot themselves in the head by stating that they're not taking Bitcoin. The company behind Firefox internet bullshit browser Mozilla is attempting to appease its environmentally conscious community by accepting only proof of stake crypto donations. The company initially halted all crypto do donations in January, but has now opened them back up after a review period to assess community sentiments and conduct research on crypto energy usage. POS blockchains consume less than 1% of electricity. Oh, you know what? Screw you. That's FUD. Mozilla announced in a blog that after review, it was changing its donations policies to come in line with its climate commitments. It said that Mozilla will no longer accept proof-of-work cryptocurrencies, which are more energy intensive. Quote, proof-of-work cryptocurrencies can significantly increase our greenhouse gas footprint due to their energy intensive nature. That's FUD, fuck off, Mozilla, end quote. The company also said that the move was made based on its self-imposed January 2021 climate commitments, which aim for it to significantly reduce our greenhouse gas footprint year over year until it became carbon neutral. Quote, Mozilla's decision not to accept proof-of-work donations ensures that our fundraising activities remain aligned with our emissions commitment. Good luck getting anything at this point. By rejecting, <coughs> excuse me, by rejecting all non-POS crypto, Mozilla is blocking both Bitcoin and largest cryptocurrency by market cap, oh, sorry, the largest cryptocurrency by market cap and Ether, at least until the merge occurs in the coming months and that blockchain adopts POS, which it probably won't. They've delayed it again, as I've said. 
Mozilla stated it would release a list of accepted cryptocurrencies by the end of the second quarter of this year. Some native coins uh, from the most popular POS chains include BNB, Sol, and Avax, or Avalanche. Among the most vocal detractors of Mozilla's new crypto donations policy was Mozilla's own founder, Jamie Zawinski. He tweeted on January the 4th that those at Mozilla who were complicit with accepting Bitcoin should be witheringly ashamed to partner with the planet incinerating Ponzi grifters. Zawinski stopped working at Mozilla in 1999. Gabor Gerbax, director of digital strategy at American investment firm Van Eck, had harsh criticism for Mozilla's decision to block Bitcoin donations. In a Tuesday tweet, he called the move misguided and virtual sig virtue signaling in nature, adding that Bitcoin is one of the greenest industries out there. While Bitcoin annually consumes about 204.5 terawatt hours of energy, according to data from blockchain researcher at Digiconomist, the actual effect on the climate is much more contested. Proponents contested that miners that secure the network are helping to strengthen energy grids and improve carbon efficiency while operations themselves are increasingly switching to renewable energy. As previously reported by Cointelegraph last month, flexible data centers can be used for Bitcoin mining. Flexible data centers can switch between self-generated green energy and tapping into the public grid to reduce the overall environmental impact and stress on the public energy grid. Crypto storage company Blockstream and Jack Dorsey's Bitcoin development firm Block announced on Friday that they would work with Elon Musk's Tesla to build a solar-powered BTC mining facility in Texas, the new hotbed of clean energy mining operations. Okay, so Mozilla, which again, I don't know a single person that's been using Firefox in a very long time. That whole project looked like it was dead three years ago. The fact that they are still around is app kind of mind-blowing. I used to use Firefox all the time back when it was, well, when they were cool and, and their software actually worked. But, nah, I haven't used them in years. I don't know anybody else. You know, most people that I know use some kind of Chromium-based browser, which works very well. The Brave browser is a Chromium-based browser. Uh, it's got different, you know, different things on it. And yes, a shitcoin wallet, which you can disable if you so choose. I did. Um, it And it just, it just works. I've been using it for five years now. Or what it was, yeah, probably about five years. And I, I literally have nothing but smooth sailing with it. If you are using Firefox, you might consider uh, telling Mozilla to fuck straight off delete that bullshit from your uh, computer because they've already screwed up with their uh, with their Nazi-esque type, you know, what data, you know, data harvesting shit like Google. They announced that a couple of, couple of weeks ago and people lost their minds. And now they're shooting themselves in the other side of the head with this one by only accepting proof of stake tokens. So Firefox can go Fox right off. That's gonna do it for the morning roundup. Dad says jokes. My boss hates it when I shorten his name to Dick, especially because his name's Steve. If you want to support me in the work that I do, you can do it through Podcasting 2.0. Fountain app is my favorite. 
Breeze wallet is really good and Sphinx chat has the designation of being the first kid on the block to do podcasting 2.0. You can stream me Satoshi's directly to my lightning node with no intermediaries by simply listening to the Bitcoin and podcast on a podcasting 2.0 enabled podcasting app. If you don't want to do that, patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and podcast a buck a month. Help a brother out. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.